You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. Well, like, no, there's something I would, like, on that. Yeah, right, okay. Cool. I don't want to talk about his career. Oh, how good is he? Fucking, what a fucking crazy career. He's a goat. No, he's not. Um, But we're here. You may have caught that pre-show chat, punters and dribblers. That was Eddie and I just deliberating over a couple of things. Now, off the bat, audio quality. Apologies, it's not up to our usual standard. We are doing this from my living room. Eddie splayed out on the couch like fucking Kate Winslet in Titanic and me watching him like Jack, drawing him like one of my French girls. Yes, either like Rose de Whippicator mm-hmm. as she's... Because she wasn't as sprayed on the on the. Well, couch. she didn't have a she didn't have her legs spread like she, you did. I don't think she was going the big leg spread. I on think the she couch. was keeping the. She was, I assume, going the big leg spread in the back of the car, Tom. Well, Eddie, that's just a fucking. You have to. I would assume that that's almost. Well, like, you don't have to. You don't have to. No, you don't have to. You don't but, have to. But it seems so. That's like, why I said I assume. Yeah, we assume correctly. I would imagine that back seat of the car. Rose Dwipicator, leg spread like you are right now. But while she was being drawn like a French girl, we saw the legs very tastefully, uh, you know, crossed over. Mm. Fiery red bush on a show. Sign of the times. Bushes were in then. Bushes were in. Don't judge. Don't judge a bush by its cover. Uh, And then, obviously, she had her titties out. That's just... That's not us being crass. That's not us being misogynist. We're just going through one of the great scenes in cinema. We're just going through a great scene in cinema. That's exactly right, Tom. I found it interesting as well that he blushed while drawing the breasts, not the fiery red bush. Not the fiery bush. I would have thought if anything was going to make you blush, it's that fucking, you know. Well, times have changed, Tom. Times have changed. I think breasts used to get a lot more credit. Yes. I think tits should still get credit. They do, but I think they used to be a little bit, and cre- like, I could be wrong here. I'm going off vibe, and I'm going off that, that Playboy that we found in the antique store the other day. Yeah. There seemed to be, from my eye, Tom, mm. during a, a quick glance, more emphasis placed on the breasts mm. than on the bush. Was that because pubes were really in and, like, pubes aren't sexy? Even well, though pubes were in, but it's pubes like... Are, pubes are... The curtains of the vagina. I agree 100%. They are the, you know, I'm going to come out from behind the curtains, me being the vagina, and, you know, present myself to you, you being Leonardo DiCaprio in this instance. Yes. Uh, and me being Kate Winslet's rose to whip you Kate's vagina. Now, I agree, though, that we did find Playboys in the antique store the other day, felt it was our responsibility to just have a look whether it was an accident that they had been left there were their pages stuck together thankfully not no there wasn't but there was an emphasis on tits more than there was vaginas and i'm not going to sit here and tell the punter and the dribbler a lie i didn't i didn't have a thorough look we flicked through it i flicked through it sure did i did i check to check did i check to see if there was pages stuck together no i didn't that wasn't what it was about. But there was more writing in it than there was tits. There was more... It was basically, based on what I saw, it was crosswords and, like, editorial stuff and fucking news of the world. 
ish sort of segments. Mm. Let's say it's a hundred pages, argument's sake, to make it nice and neat. Of that a hundred, four, five pages are, are breast and bush related. Yeah. And they're in like sort of a sealed section in the middle. Otherwise, mm. you can do Sudokus and shit in the <laughs> Playboy. Like, yeah. yeah and it, was, we, it was basically like a Nat Geo or a, you know, a Time magazine. It, it could have been. Then you start to think back to Hugh Hefner. Now, in today's day and age... He'd be cancelled in 15 seconds. Well, you think of Hugh and you go, look, does Hugh have a place in the world now? Was Hugh basically just like a glorified porn star? But when you pick up old Playboys, you realise, no, not really. He was kind of a... He was still like a, uh, a print journalist magnate. Yes, it was print. It was print journalism with some with some tits and bush in the it middle. Was print media with a side of tits and bush. Yeah, just a small side, like yeah. a really small entree. Now, when you get like the kingfish ceviche and it comes out, and it's small like yeah, that. That like you'd ne- it wouldn't fill you up. Wouldn't fill you up. It's a taste. You certainly wouldn't go away from a Playboy. It's like three or it's like it's like if you go to a restaurant and you're just trying to find your feet, you're young twenty year old, and you want to take your missus out for a nice feed. Yeah. You look at the price of oysters and there's six bucks a pop and you go, we'll just get three. We're going to get three oysters. You have two, I have one. <laughs> yeah. uh, and in fact, you have all three. That sort of, that's the, the entree you're looking yeah. at. The, the, the size of the Playboy or the breast dish in yeah. the Playboy. There was not much. And that's fine. Don't doesn't matter. But it certainly, you and I looked at each other. We shared a knowing glance in that antique store. Lunatiques, I believe it was called. It is, in mascot. Shout in out to Lunatiques. Shout out to them. We, we shared a knowing glance and we went, not surprised Prince dying. Mm. At least not surprised that this magazine's dying because we are now living in a world where hardcore porn, tits, bare ass, bush free zones are, you know, a click of a button away. Your wildest fantasies are a click away, Tom. And you and I looked at each other and we said there's a reason that these playboys are in an antique store. They're in lunatiques. Analog porn. Analog. What's, it's not even porn. No. It's Analog entrees? It doesn't really fit in the modern world. It doesn't. At no, least in... Like, like Hugh Hefner doesn't. Like Hugh. Well, Hugh's dead. I know. And I think, is Playboy dead? I think it might still be going in some respects. I'll give you the hot tip. If it isn't cover to cover... Kingfish and ass, Kingfish from fucking go to woe. <laughs> then I'd be there. There's a reason that it's dying. Well, yeah. There's. I mean, it's not easy. I don't want a fucking whole magazine reading articles and shit when I, we all know what we're here for. Imagine if you went to a porno website and it was like, "Oi, you fucking, you know a crossword?" Or just before you jack off, do you want to hear what's going on in the Middle East? You're like, not really, dude. I'm just trying to <laughs> yeah. get on with my day. Yes. Yes, this is this is routine, mate. This and is honestly, it is though. It's procedural for guys. It's procedural. Get it's, me out of this headspace. Yep, and so <laughs> I can attack the day with a bit of gusto. Because I can't I operate like this I can't right operate. Now. I'm I'm, a, I'm at two percent here. I'm in first gear. Oh, I can't. But my my, my my mind won't work. No, it doesn't work. It it becomes focused on jelly. One, yeah, it's just about. Kingfish ceviche. That's yeah, all yeah. I can think about. All I can think about is kingfish ceviche. That's all I can think about. And until <laughs> I, I take it. ceviche off, until I have some ceviche, I won't be able to go about my day. No. I'm not going to perform well. I'm not going to do deals, Tom. I might if make you're a deal bad doer, decisions, though. Not just I won't be able to perform well. I might make bad decisions. If you're, in, if, you're a, if you're a deal doer in the business of doing deals, mm. no deals are getting done until you've had a, 
a slice of ceviche. Yeah, at least. At now, least. you know what we're talking about, boys and girls. So, with that in mind, I don't understand how reading about, you know, the affairs of the Middle East ever had a place in that world. No, it doesn't. Because, like, as soon as the internet came along, your hustlers, your penthouses, all like, see you later. What are you for? I was, moved on. I was actually shocked when I saw the... F- I can actually remember. I won't say... I won't say the name of the person whose house this was, but I will say this. A dribbler has called up this show before whose father it is. Now, he's not like a, well, he's not like a close mate, but he was a dribbler who had a story arc in the, dribbler, in the dribbles over, yep. the, I think, maybe last year. Growing up, went to their house... We found his dad's porn. Hustler was the ceviche of choice. <laughs> and I saw my first full-on, full-frontal fucking vagina shot, <laughs> pube-free. And I just remember being like, what the fuck is that? Like, I remember being really, like, perplexed by what I was looking at. I felt like I was seeing a deep-sea alien fish. Sure. Those ones you see like pulled up and they're fucking like, well, we haven't found, we didn't know what this was. Yeah. We found a new species of ceviche. Yes. That was essentially what I was going through as a young boy. And it sat with me. Yeah, birds and the bees. Birds and the bees. Never had that from dad. And I appreciate that I didn't. I tell you what, I didn't have it from dad either. Shout out to the old fella for not dragging me through that. Yeah. That would have been tough. Would have been real tough. I don't know if birds and the bees is just a movie thing. Mm. Or if that's a real life thing. I think some parents would do it. I've had it. I had it at school. Like That's what sex ed is, right? Sex ed. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your old man, presumably, if you're a guy, sitting you down going, I don't know. This is what to do with your old fella. This is not what not to do with it. This is how you have kids. I don't know. No, yeah. I'm not sure what you approach. Because, I mean, like, let's say you do Birds and the Bees with what? Like, if you're 12, 14? Or is it around puberty you do Birds and the Bees? Don't know, but do you know what I mean? I like, would say puberty. Okay, well, let's As, say puberty. I think if your son starts to have testy pops, you probably that's probably a good indicator that you might need to start talking to him about it, if you are that way inclined. Yes, if you got the birds and the bees from your old man and he got it from his, and you come from a long line of birds and bees. I up. wonder if it's like a fucked up Chinese whispers though, because like if you're getting birds and the bees from from an old man of the eighteen hundreds. No, I don't think you pass on what you were told. So you you update the information. I think so. Yes. I hope so. Yes, I, otherwise no, you're well, getting fucking Stone Age birds and the bees. I think you would need to. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't think that some of the shit they would have said back in the seven and they were using like goat fucking stomachs as condoms and shit, right? Like I think I think we live in different times. I think you take the essence, Tom. Yeah, right. And you and you adapt, appropriate adaptation. Yeah, yeah. to an old classic and overcome. Uh, but yeah, let's say you're 14. What are you talking about to your 14 year old? Are you saying like, am I telling you what boners are? You should already know that. Am I like, are we talking about how to beat off? Are we talking about? Obviously, I think I think it's actually like, it's I don't not really birds and the bees related. But I think like absolutely, you should like have a chat with your son, maybe about like how to like treat women or how to behave and shit like that. I think sure. that's fine. But in the like nitty gritty of loads and boners and fucking, I don't. I don't think that's got any place. Surely, surely that's schoolyard stuff. I learn all that shit from friends, like and older friends, older brothers, and shit. Like you know, you just hear that sort of. I don't. I don't think that you, as a father, should be teaching your son how to 
cranked down. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't ever think that you're, you know, I, I wouldn't say you're teaching him grips like he's trying to hold a golf club. <laughs> Interlock the pinkies. Look, I've always been an interlocker, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you yeah. fucking interlock. Some if, people go. I mean, if you're blessed to, if you're blessed enough to require two hands, that's also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're one of those, yeah. if you're a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> two hands you use. Oh, two hands, my boy. My boy. <laughs> oh, my boy. Uh, putting your old man to shame. Well, I don't think so. No, it's probably past Gives time. you something to talk about at golf. <laughs> yeah, it's true. My boy. <laughs> My boy. Um, but, no, I don't think you'd ever teach him how to beat off, but you might <laughs> you might want to help make sense of... Maybe it's got to be younger than puberty then, because you're getting boners before puberty. <sighs> I think. What, you're going to talk about wet dreams and shit? <sighs> Maybe. It's all just a bit awkward for me. Yeah. Like, I get I get the like how to treat women thing. I think that's important. But getting down to like the full on nitty gritty, like puberty stuff that's really awkward for everyone. Loads, dude. I'd steer well clear of loads. But like if you get asked about it. Well, if you get asked, you're gonna have to front up and be yeah, a man and, yeah. and answer honestly. If yeah. your son wants to know about loads, then <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wear one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that might have come out a little wrong, but you get the essence of, of what we're talking. I knew what you meant. This isn't a uh, this isn't a situation of like the kid on my school bus who had to fucking <laughs> wear one all through the blazer. Thankfully, how did how did like, I'd like to know what did he do about washing that thing? I th- I don't know. Like if I'm him, you don't wash that, right? You get rid of you it. You don't wash it. <laughs> no, you throw it out, right? Like you then your mum goes, "Where's your blazer?" Uh name redacted. Blew a fucking load in it on the bus, mum. You sent me to an all boys school. You fucking. You reckon you tell your mum that? If I was getting in trouble for my blazer disappearing, and they cost probably a couple of hundo, I don't know. They wouldn't be cheap. They wouldn't be cheap. No. I would be going, this is what happened. But the concern would be that mum then comes to school and confronts the headmaster. That's what I'm talking about. I don't think mum, she doesn't, she doesn't go, oh, that sounds... You so know. do you just, you just not wear it as in wear it, wear it. I mean, do you wear the scorn of mum and go, I lost it? I think you say someone stole it. There you go. It was That's stolen. what you say. Because otherwise you've got your mum running around school. Sh- screaming from the fucking, the rooftops. Who's that kid? She's not going to go, oh, that's uncouth, and then go back to True. making you don't fucking... Take scones and fucking... Well, I was going to say corn cake, cornflake cookies, cookies, but you know sorry. what I mean. Um, or just going back to her job. We're obviously being very presumptuous. Well, I just mean that Mums if you're... Have jobs too. Well, if she's at home, yeah. and you're at home, and you talk like you would assume And that, you're talking loads. Yeah. She's doing loads I mean, of she work. might work from home, sure. Yeah, who knows? But I'm just thinking about my upbringing. And that's all you can do. Yep. Is, you know, you draw on your own experience. You do not want mum getting around school shouting down, where's that kid? I mean, it'd be easy to find as well. Who's the kid with the deep voice? Okay. It's like a game of guess who. Say my, like, you know, say this word. And you just fucking got some register of the octaves of the voice, how deep it is. You go, all right, I've got eight fucking guys here who have deep voices. What year were you in? Five or six. Mate, it'd take you one second. 
that guy. Well, like, yeah, but there was probably a couple that it could have been, but there was one where you go like... You had a couple of deep voice boys in year five. Dude, there was, no a, way. There was a guy in my year who got pubes when he was seven. Seven? Seven. And he was short and hairy, so I mean, I get it. If you hit puberty young, they say you don't grow very tall. But Really? Yeah. Is that what they say? Yeah. That's it, annoying. Well, it's unfortunate for them. Um, but yeah, pubes when he was seven. Punters and dribblers, we are brought to you by Ned's, the best batting platform in town. Um, tell you what, if you've been following along on my profile, because obviously I've been overseas, so I've just been whacking up me bets for about even on the Ned's profiles app, you'd see some... I, th- I seem to bet better when I'm not around people and I'm just able to eyeball the talent on game day, see what's happening. It's when I'm able to be as, as, as gifted as I think I am. So basically what you're saying is it's a lot harder to bet almost a week in advance. That is games. what I'm saying, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for example... You could say it's also a 24 hours before a game though, right? No, because if you're putting your bets in on Wednesday morning and there's a game Sunday night... There's also a game on Thursday. Yeah, but that, I'm not talking about that one. Right. I'm talking about the other games where maybe, you know, Nathan Cleary doesn't play yep. or Hines doesn't play. Yep. Well, Nathan Cleary did play, but Hines doesn't play. Yeah. You get caught out. You do get caught out. You know? You, you do. You get caught out. If you follow along on my prof is what I'm saying is yeah. daddy, they are calling me daddy value. And I didn't come up with that either. It's embarrassing. How many bets you get on the weekend? Two. I got three. <laughs> well, <sighs> but you're not a dad, so they can't call you daddy value. Dad of a dog. Well, you, they could call you doggy style. Value. Doggy value. I don't know. It doesn't really have the same ring to Why? it as daddy value. You've been pettist. Well, it's not pettist. You aren't a father. I'm father of a dog. No, you're not a and father tonka. of a dog. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Shout out to Neds. We love you. Shout out to Neds. Uh, you can follow our profiles on Neds. You can also join the About Even group um, where the you know everyone's sharing their bets in there and shit. I actually followed one of Gurus yesterday, uh, which was a Joey Manu away. Yeah, it didn't get up. No, it didn't. He was very lucky that his unit scooper got up. See, I've got a bone of contention next. If that was me, there's no way I'm getting given those nine units. No, but he's no, but he's got it on, and the bet stands. Yes. So it's live. The bet's right. live. Well, I'm just saying, I don't know that I would be afforded. This is what Tobler and I were discussing anyway in the green room. I know this is still a live read. This is a bone of contention. I don't think that I would be afforded the same graces where apparently I'm not getting So fucking, you think the bet's void altogether? Well, I'm saying you have been robbing me of units even though all my bets were going up last week. Well, no, we robbed you of two bets. Two. Right. You didn't put one up for the Titans game or whatever it was, and you didn't do a unit scooper. That was all you robbed But I for. did the bets. I no, just you didn't. didn't. You didn't put them up. They went on your profile. They, they weren't went on there. my profile? No. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll show you. There was one game where there was no profile bet. There wasn't. I went through it last week. You didn't do, you didn't do two bets, and you lost fucking well, two Tobler units, told and that's me, it. Tobler told me I, none of my, all my bets are void because they're not online. One of them. Okay, so Tobler doesn't even listen. You're right, so that's the problem. That's a problem. We've we've now uncovered. That you didn't do a unit scooper last week. That was void, so you lost a unit. Yep. And then there was one other bet out of eight. Okay, well, so Tobler's lying. Then. Yes, Tobler's lying to you and I. Correct. Well, he's lying on your behalf. Shocking. Thanks, Neds. Cheers, Neds. Fuck you, Tobler. Now you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Punters and dribblers, it's the most generous podcasters of all here, Tom and Eddie. Here to look after the punter and the dribbler and their drinking needs. Mm. It's still rosé drinking season, we know that. 
It's worth having a couple of bottles laying around. Yeah, I don't expect you to drink it in the driving rain, but I just went outside and the sun's out, baby. Oh, really? Sun's out, bum's out again, and it's fucking hot out there. I'll be losing the jacket, Tom. Mm. I can promise you that. So you need a couple of cases laying around your digs. You just do. Well, it's certainly when you've got guests, you're entertaining. Hey, come round. A couple of Sheila's come round. You want to be able to crack a bottle yeah. and impress? Yeah. Of course you do. Now, you're going to get 50 bucks off each case if you use the code MANLY. That's a gift from Tom and I at hellosport.shop. Six bottles. You're getting $50 off hellosport.shop. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Be prepared. Yeah. And if you're not prepared, you're prepared to fail. It's not the saying, but it's all right. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Got it. Hellosport.shop. Back to Playboy. Valet. Did you have Playboy boxes ever? Yes. So did I. Thought they were real cool. I also Playboy used to be cool. It was cool. But now I look back on it and I go... Well, it was cool for a fucking 12-year-old. Well, it was tacky then, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was like, if it's cool for but me... I'm saying, I'm, but imagine if you're Hugh Hefner, right? Maybe he didn't give a shit. But like, you create this classy in, in, in Inverted Playboy commas. bunny commas. Yeah. Bunny ears. Uh, you make this sort of trendy, cool brand and you see it deteriorate into like 12-year-olds wearing boxes. Yeah. I think that... With Playboy rabbits on it. That's you know what the I mean? natural progression, I think, unless you like... Is I don't, Well, as in, I don't think Hugh was making much of an effort to keep it fresh. I think the last, like, the last whimper of that old man was the when he had that fucking show. show where he had like three girlfriends. And everyone just, I mean, like, that just shit just would not fly today. Three girlfriends that he used to, like, make do, like, shit around their house. And then he had each of other ones there. Well, I think like, it, it it flew because everyone knew it was Hugh and he'd been doing it for, like, 70 years. And, you know, people just waiting for him to die. Yeah. But now for it's... It, for his behaviour to die with him. Do yes, you know what I mean? But now he's sort of, like, trying to be retrospectively, which cancelled, sort of, which is too late, like... Who's trying to cancel him now? Well, they're like his ex. What a waste of time. The chicks on the show are like coming out and saying like he had these fucked up orgies, like shock horror, but I don't know whether he was like drugging chicks or this all. I don't know. I just, that's, I'm not saying that's what happened. Don't sue me, playboy. Um, But there was some shit that was written about recently about accusations about old Hugh. And I mean, we really that shocked the guy. I think when you look back, from like a 2022 lens of like what is acceptable and what isn't. You're like, that guy was a bit of a fucking weirdo. But then again, do you cut that guy slack because he came up in a world where that shit was all good? Like you can't really look back and go, he's a fucking creep. Unless he did like illegal shit. Well, how's like, he any different to like a Dan Bilzerian? Well, Dan Bilzerian, I agree, but I guess it's all consensual, all good maybe. Well, how know. was it not consensual? Well, so, no, fair. I, I don't know. I don't know. Do it, you know what I mean? Yes, Obviously, Hugh... Made, I think made a living off selling sex. Ceviche. Or ceviche, whereas Dan, just a purveyor of fine ceviche, mm. has made money other ways. Yes. Inheritance, poker, yada, yada, yada. Yes. He just likes ceviche. Mm. I don't think that's going anywhere, bro. No, you're right. It is an interesting because he is kind of like the modern day Hugh Hefner. Have you seen that thing rolling around TikTok? It's like his voice and that gets overlaid all this shit and it's like, him going, the reason I get so much top tier pussy. And you're oh just like, God. oh my. He's such God. a. He's that's a how he speaks, yeah, bro. That's I'm what like, I mean. like, holy shit. He's a Magoo. He's a, a Magoo individual. But also, like, the world's more interesting for having people like him. As long as, he, like, he's not, you know, some people might 
have issues with the way he behaves. I don't know. But, like... And not to say that, oh, great, we need more, like, fucking people who just talk about crushing pussy, but, like, <laughs> you know, the world is more interesting for having weird fucks like him in it. And not just him. You could say, you could go, you know, if you want well, to go it's, mate, Dalai Lama, one hand. Well, it's a spectrum, right? Yes. And on the spectrum, if it's consenting, which I... Believe it is. I don't have any reason to believe it's not. No. You're going to have some wild renegade guys who yeah. wear fucking khaki long army pants Do on steroids. every day of the week, even if it's hot as mm. fucking LA, his big bloody army boots. Talk about how he's an army for half a second and crushing pussy every moment of the day. Yeah, he, he had a heart Like, time. you're going to have blokes like that. You are. You are. And you know what? That's to be celebrated, if you ask me, to a degree. Um, I, I stole money off my old man once and bought a Playboy Zippo lighter and then gave it to him for his birthday. And he was like, thanks. I didn't. I don't know how I didn't think at that time that he wouldn't have been like, well, how the fuck did you pay for that? And he sort of let me get away with what clearly was theft and then like money laundering of sorts. Like I'm washing the money by just buying a Playboy lighter. He was just like... But like, of course, parents know the kids take their money. I know, but it was one like of those dad's where dad's money jar. Like he would have come home and like put all coins in it, and then they would be gone. He would <laughs> surely notice that he'd have to, right? Like, surely he noticed that we would be taking them and running up the street to pay less, yeah. to pay less, to buy packets of chips, to get more Tarzos, yeah, to try and collect all of them. Exactly. Well, like that was my life, a yeah. big part of my life. Huge Pokemon part. cards. Well, no, theft and then well, the spoils of criminal activity. The spoils of stealing for your parents. Yeah. Real and tangible stuff. Yeah. And I like to think that they knew what was going on, but they well, supported like, my <laughs> hobbies. Yeah, well, you know, or or at least the interesting way or the sneaky you know, like maybe it'll maybe it'll wash out into some sort of business now one day if he's just, you know, well here we are. It's you know the one it's, time the dad, seeds are growing. One time dad really caught me stealing. And it was like the only time I properly did, although you could say that's a lie because you just told us you stole and then got him a Playboy. Well, how much did you steal a couple of bucks? No, so the time he caught me, caught me, I stole a hundred bucks. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Punchy. And I but like I didn't even have anything to do. I just took it and I put it underneath a CD case in my room. He came in, he, like, and I was just in my bed, and he came in my room, and he wasn't looking for it. He just came in for it to shoot the shit. He was like, hey, what's going on? And we're sort of talking, and he's just walking around my room and just looking at all my stuff as we're just sort of, like, shooting the shit. And then he just picks up the CD on my mantelpiece and sees the money under it, puts it back down, and I'm like, oh, fuck me. Keeps talking. I clearly, with zero poker face, have just started wigging. And be like, oh yeah, oh, do, do. and then I got up and like walked over to it, and then do, do, do. and he was in the room. So you're playing a shocker. Shocker. And he's dude. watching this unfold. Yeah, going, look at yeah. this guy look melt. This, look at this fucking loser who can't like he can't. If you at least if you're gonna steal, be fucking good at it. Uh, then he obviously confronted me about it. And I was like, I did. That was yeah. I'm sorry. Da, 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 da. And he did not talk to me for three days. Lived in the same house. Didn't talk to me. Would walk past me. So hang on. How did he? Did you, like, sneak over and, and do what? I just 
was fucking like I just almost went and like got my body in between him and the fucking thing. He'd already seen it. Yeah, I could have just stayed in the bed and been like, "Fucking, I don't know what the fuck that is." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not mine. No, mine. I didn't put it there. Or like, we'll put it there. I got no idea where that is. What that is? Like, I've just got no. Could have played just dumb as all hell. But look, I'm an honest guy at heart, and I stole, and I was caught, and I was in some shit, and I knew it. And so he didn't talk to me for three days. Like, nothing. I'd I'd be, like, trying to, like, fucking, hey, dad, nothing. Like, blanked me completely. And it was fucked. Like, I just, it's, I've never forgotten it. And obviously, I never fuck. I never, ever stole anything off him ever again. He didn't talk to you for three whole days. No. Nah. And then eventually he needed me because he was, like, fixing fences or some shit in the house and I, at the, in the garden, and I had to help him. And then he started talking to me again, and I was like, whew. All right, we're in the Was clear. it never addressed? No, it was addressed. It was like the thing it was, was addressed was, there and then. It was addressed there and then the moment. And then he never, t- he didn't talk to me. And then at the end of it, it was like, all right, we're good. Don't ever fucking do that again. And I was like, I will not do that again. And it was like, wow, that was actually a great lesson. Lesson learned. Lesson three learned. days, long time. Dude, three days, a long time. How funny would that be? Like retelling your wife, being like, dude, I fucking found a hundred bucks in Tom's room. And then the dead shit, when he noticed I saw it started sweating bullets yeah. and then like got up and p- in a panic and tried to like hide it and shit. And like, it was so obvious that would, I wonder, cause that it, would be so funny to because watch. it would actually be funny. Even though you would be disappointed in your kid for knocking off your shit. Like the moment he leaves a room, he's in, he's, he's, I think he's laughing. about. Yeah. It. Because it is kind of like, I it's mean, hilarious. It is funny. And like, even though I'm in a different stage with Evie and Zoe, where like, they're not really like that, but even when they're being assholes, dude, they're, <laughs> But that's what I mean. That's what I mean. They're like they're not. I'm in a different stage where they're not doing shit like that. But like even when they do things that is like fucking infuriating, it's still hilarious. Where you're like, don't do that, and then they do it. And when it's, I'm mainly talking about Evie here, to be fair, because Zoe, basically a human potato. <laughs> not but a whole lot going on yet. Nah, no, she smiles, which is nice. That is nice. She does smile. Um, but yeah, it's um. It's a different spot with them, but I can imagine it will be funny when they're fucking, you know, when they become thieves and steal my shit. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. It fucking, it was a great, great play from dad. It rocked me to my core. Shout out to Bill. Shout out to Bill. That's um, eyes up. Before we go on, shout out to a family friend of mine, Glenn Wheatley, who passed away uh, yeah, last night or the night before. Um, good friend, family friend. Grew up with his, my parents, really good friends with his parents. Um, and then obviously we were great friends with their kids, Tim, Sam and Cara. And uh, yeah, he died of COVID, dude. Or like complications due to COVID. He had comorbidities, all that shit. But he, uh, he passed away. He was like a legend in the music industry, which I didn't, I knew, but like I don't really know. He wasn't that to it. He was just like, you know, a family friend. Um, but like the sweetest dude you've ever met. Really lovely, really friendly and always, like, interested in what you're doing and just, like, a really, really sweet guy. Um, and, yeah, I know Tim sometimes listens to this. I'm assuming he will not fucking be listening because he's going through hell like the rest of the family, but I just thought I'd say shout-out to Glenn. Um, yeah, not much else to say there, bro, but I just felt like saying it because he was a lovely guy. 100%, mate. We're very sorry to hear that. Yep, yep. It was, uh, it was some very... Very shit news. Just a great dude. Like, his kids fucking worshipped him. You know what I mean? You see that and you're just like, oh, that's really nice. That's lovely. 
Fucking oath. Mate, there was a lot of love coming out today for him. I know, Heaps. which is, it was interesting, right? Like I was, it sort of made me even sadder, even though it was also really nice. It was an interesting and like, I mean, I can only imagine what it would be like, you know, to see that shit on, on TV for like about your family. I don't know. But it was, um, it was cool to see. Like you, that's sort of more what I mean, whereas like I knew that he'd done, like I knew he'd, his, I knew that his like impact on the, um, music industry was massive in Australia, but I also the reactions today. I was like, "Oh fuck!" I almost didn't realize, mm. you know, like I almost didn't have. A, and you sort of hear like the stories that then come out, and you're like, "Oh fucking hell!" I don't know. It was just like it was appropriately large the outpouring of sort of sorrow and grief and love. But then, as I'm saying, like I just didn't even. I was also like over. Just, it was. I found it overwhelming to even see it um, on some level. But Are anyway. those music men like a dying breed? Or do they... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Like, in the sense that there are these, like, revolutionaries who it's like a fucking, you know, sort of godfathers of music industry in Australia, like Michael Gadinsky. Like Gadinsky and stuff, year, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, possibly because... Molly, Meldrum and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, like, and he's more like music media. But again... In in a time when maybe it was like those things weren't established in Australia, you, know? you had massive bands as well, like In Excess and shit. Maybe was, but that's yeah. So all those bands, but John also Farnham, like John Farnham like, that he worked with, and but I, I wonder though, like Little River Band, because those industries weren't necessarily established yet. Mm. To my understanding of what established means that there was that sort of like the firsts, the first big producers and talent managers and bands that had international recognition as well, but also like that, um, I guess, put Australia on the map or that were like fucking massive across the country. You might be right, dude. I don't think you'll Don't know, just a feeling. No, 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 but I think that's like, I think that's probably fair to say. I'm just trying to think, like, but also because he was like he was in bands as well, and he was a talent manager. And I would say that he was a more successful talent manager than in than he was as a musician. Not to say that he wasn't successful as a musician; he was very successful. But um, oh, so he was a musician as well. Yeah, dude, he played in a band. Uh, fuck, I mean, he was in Little River Band for a while as well. I think he managed them. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm sorry if I'm getting some of this wrong. But he was in a band. I was listening to one of the songs today, and I was like, "Oh fuck! I didn't realize that this was um, a band. That I didn't realize he was in this band, or that they did this song. It was an Australian band. I'm just gonna find it now because otherwise, it's like fucking. What are you gonna do? <laughs> um, where are we? The Master's Apprentice. The Master's Apprentices. Where's this song? I just want to... I was like, oh, dude, this is a fucking song and a half because I love you. I'll just wait for these. It was a song... This song, I was like... He was a bass player. Um, But I was like, this song to me seems like it's sort of an all-timer in terms of international sort of song. It's because I love you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do what you want to do. Be, be what, what you want to be. be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I was like, that's a fucking track, bro. That's him. 
Well, that's he was in the band. He was in the band, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Be what you wanna be, yeah. Anyway, I heard this song today and it made me start crying. Um, but it's a cracker song. That's a ri- that song slaps, bro. It's a fucking song. Um, anyway, love to all of the family. And Glenn was a fucking great man. Love to all. Love to all. I was talking to Steph today, like before you came over, and I was like, because you know the Thursday pod, Eddie, we like to... You know, we like to sort of keep it a little bit fucking loose. We try to steer a little bit away from sport. We'll probably still cover off on some, but, you know, we like to sort of shoot a bit more of the shit. And I was like, firstly, February. Firstly, fuck February with the greatest respect. Obviously, happy dribbling you to everyone, but, like, nothing happening in February from a sporting context. So you're always like, what the fuck are we talking about? Every podcast is almost anti-sport. But then Steph was like, why don't you just talk about, like, she was like, all the podcasts I listen to, like, Girls talk about like what like annoys them the most about their partners and shit. So like, you should talk about that. And I was like, I was like, well, I don't know that. Is that what they're all talking about? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Is, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I assume it's not all they're talking about, but I assume also that it's some of what they're talking about because I feel like, and I'm going to generalize here greatly to our dribblet audience, women get into shit way more in their conversations with each other than we do. So, like, you could have just come back from fucking overseas and I will ask you almost nothing. I'll be like, oh, dude, how was your trip? You're like, good, end of it. Oi, by the way, what's on this? What are we, like... Oh, they get into the fucking weeds, They get into bro. the weeds. And you just listen to the questions they ask. Like, I, 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 Ella asks questions that I would just never, ever, ever think to ask. We're just built differently in that way. Like... I think it comes back to, again, I'm generalizing, so don't fucking chew my head off, that women more interested in people, men more interested in things. If you are, generally speaking, more interested in people, then you're going to get into the weeds a little bit more with stuff. Mm. You're absolutely right. When you come back from overseas, I don't really care. No. I just don't. But also like... Like I do. I I wanted you to have a great time. Yeah. But that's... Sort of the extent of it. Well, but it's also like, if you've got a good story from your holiday, I'm all ears. Like, But I'm not going to dredge it out of you. If like you don't f- feel the need to tell me, then I don't give a fuck about your holiday. Last time you went overseas, the only stuff we talked about was you telling me stories about street. Which is, you know... Stuff we love. The, exactly. That's what you and I love. And those, Street and, stories. And those stories could have happened anywhere. They could have <laughs> happened down in the park. Exactly. But it just so happens that Hamish was jumping off a pier and went face first into a bunch of fucking those sea urchins and he had them all through his arms and it was great because what was he trying to do, punters and dribblers? He was trying to dive like a torpedo would and spin in the air and what it did was just shoot him straight down to the sea floor and into a pile of sea urchins. That sort of shit couldn't happen at a park but it certainly will only happen to Hamish. That we do know. That we do know. No one else torpedoes themselves into sea urchins. Anyway. In a long story short, if you do get into the weeds on stuff... You're gonna probably ask those questions. Funny you should say that. Ella and Steph recorded a podcast today. Steph asked me to Not my Steph. Ella's Ella's Steph. Steph asked me to like record some questions about her. So she asked Wait, what are you Steph was that? like, What's fucking how did you meet? And what's a f- what's your favorite quality about a shit? Real girl stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like Oh, that's fine. I'll I'll play along. Do I find this really cheesy and corny? Yeah, yeah, I do. What's her beautiful like her your favorite feature? 
All that stuff I find really corny. But she did ask, what annoys you most about her? Oh, there you go. There you go. And I said, probably her biting down on cutlery when she eats. It fucks me <laughs> off no end. So annoying. Why does she do that? I don't know. Have she got concerns for her teeth and like the well-being of her mouth? I have concerns, Tom. I have concerns. Not only is it an annoying sound, but it cannot be good for the tooth nor the enamel. It just can't be. <laughs> My mouth's hurting. Thinking I'm like, it. stop fucking biting that metal spoon that but you're using to eat ice cream. Is she doing it intentionally? Like, no, she, What, to annoy me? No, but like, not to annoy you, but like, to bite to, on a spoon is to go against human nature of <laughs> what you should be doing with a spoon. Like, if I'm putting up a knife, like a fork or a spoon in my mouth, I'm trying to avoid banging into my fucking teeth. I'm like, if I can get all flesh on this fucking, then I'm doing my job. Yeah. Look, I agree. You she, sort of have to like put it under the tongue yeah, and then allow the mouth sort of to close around it. Look, she's got a lot better, I've got to be honest, but it's taken conditioning. That's such a bizarre, like, it's a bizarre thing to do. I was, I honestly, before even asking you, I didn't even thought, does she, well, does, how does she react when you tell her to fucking rein it in? Is she like, fuck off? Well, sort of, yeah. Step, like, yes or no. I mean, obviously. She gets it, but she's also like, fuck off. Is she like, I don't know I'm doing it? Mm, well, she's not conscious of it. Is she putting a fork in her mouth and like, chewing on it? No. Or is it like. No, 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 no. It's like. As it's sort of go, as she's just doing a, a normal yeah, yeah, motion, yeah, yeah. it's clanking all over her teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that is, the thing is as well about being with people for a long time, like you and I have, is that those things in a short form scenario... You probably wouldn't notice. You wouldn't notice, but over time, yeah, it uh, could drive a man or woman to commit murder. You could get divorced. Yeah. Steph hates me playing with my beard. She fucking hates it. And I'm like, you know what, Steph? You do play with your beard. I do. But it's also a bit of like a fuck. It's like not a nervous tick, but like yeah, I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of just when I'm thinking and shit. You do it when you're thinking. Yes. You do it when you're thinking a lot. Yes. And doesn't bother me really. Well, so that really, that really is not a great sign. That it doesn't bother me. Starting to wear wear on thin on you as well. I can't have that. <laughs> I need to be. I need to have. It doesn't bother me. Do it. it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. Bro, it fucking sends her off the second I started beard, beard, and I'm like, I. The only time I have well, you know what I do that don't always yell. I go like this. Do you? And for those who are just listening, that which is everyone because we're not videoing it, you're just rubbing your fingers and your thumbs together. Like why the f- I never noticed you do that ever. Sometimes I do it, yeah. But why is it... Does it is the sound what annoys you? sound annoys you. Yeah, right. The sound. sound fucks her off. What, I, if when I'm, are you if, doing that? What? When are you doing that? I thought like I feel like that's something I would notice if it was an annoying... I event. mustn't do it around you. Right, but so what do you think it is that... that when are you doing it? Um... Do you know what I mean? Like when, because I do things that you do that are annoying. I imagine are like things that you can't control that you do all the time. I think. I what do I? My beard. Yeah, yeah. I. She doesn't like it if I like go like this with my foot. Tap your foot. So yeah. if I'm like hungover or like anxious or something, then I'll do that. Okay, so that's anxious, Eddie. That's that's anxious. Okay. That's how I get it out of the body. You know what? Saying that's probably me with the beard. I'm either thinking or I'm stressed. Yeah, I'm like that. I just. You know what I mean? Like, right. if I'm really bad, it's like... You're flying off the handle. You know what I mean? Yeah, that thing looks like it's rattling. Yeah. 
And so she's like, yo, keep it. Yo, 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 yo. But that's that one she hates the most, that. Steph's, and I love her to death. And she's in the other room, and we've banished her to the bedroom because we're here working. Sorry to work. Sorry we work so hard. She, couple of things. She will, and I feel like this is a relatively like, this could almost be on like a fucking sitcom of like, you know, a really cheesy sitcom of like married couple sitting on the couch at home. What are the trials and tribulations of marriage? She puts my shit in just places that I will never find it. And I'm like, where's the, where are my shoes? Where is my watch? Where are my keys? Where is the charger cord for my phone? And invariably, in her attempt to incessantly clean the house, because she loves to be clean, which I appreciate because I'm not that way. Tidy. Tidy. There's a difference. There's clean and there's tidy. You finish, I'll tell a tidy story. Thank you. She puts just my shit in the most random places, and then I will just give up and go, that's gone, never finding it. And then I'll find it in the back of a fucking drawer like six months later, and I'm like, you just need to stop putting my shit. Like, if... If you need to tidy or clean, as you were saying, for my things that are like of relative importance, you obviously know where t-shirts go and whatever. Like, but just leave my knickknacky shit out. Don't put it away for fuck's sake, because I'll never find it again. The only other one I'll have, and I respect her greatly, and I love her greatly, and I respect her greatly, and I love her greatly. She gets under my feet if I'm doing something. She just pops a little fucking head in and it's like, ooh. Like, I call her Louie, the cat, because basically she'll just trip over. You can trip over Louie. It's like you're in the kitchen trying to do the dishes or you're trying to – and she'll just pop – she'll like – she'll just all of a sudden need to do something right in the area where you're trying to get your work done. Yeah, it's they like, fight about. You're like, can you just – and I say this with love and respect – get the fuck out of the out of the room. Or she's like, put, like, you need to cook dinner tonight. Sweet, I'm on dinner. And then she starts coming and starts telling me how to cook dinner. I'm like, hey, brah, I'm on dinner tonight. Get out of the kitchen. Get out from under my feet. Louie, get the fuck out. And Louie's a good... Calling her Louie is a good way to make it not seem as harsh. Yes. Find but a le- cute way to, like, tell her to fuck let off. Let the basically. boy cook. Just you got to find a cute way to tell them to fuck off if you need them to. Ella reckons I'm getting like less and less tidy. I thought you were Mister Tidy. I'm one of the great cleaners of all time. Okay, but tidying is different. She comes in, she's like, "You got shoes everywhere, fucking in the next room." I'm like, "Are they next to the cupboard where like all my shit goes?" Yes, I go. Well, that's just me coming home, kicking them off. I'll put them in there later. Blow ups, blow ups. So then I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to fucking get you back. Yes. I'm like, what are these fucking shoes over here then? She's like, well, they're next to like where my shoes go. I go, where were mine? Yeah. I'm mine were next to where mine go. You know what I mean? And she's like, well, are you playing this fucking game? I'm like, I'm. You fucking oath I am. Fucking oath. <laughs> you best believe. She's like, well, you've had a big weekend. I'm like, fuck you. It's not about having a big weekend. <laughs> Don't bring that up. Like, how dare you now try and pivot this conversation? Now you're trying to pivot. Yeah. This is about tidiness. And cleanliness. And no, it's about consistency and tidiness. Yeah. Now, I'm, all, I'm, I'm happy for you if you're in a mood to come in here and say, listen, your shoes went in the cupboard. Look, the reality is they weren't. I don't think it's a big deal. But if you want to nickel and dime me, they yeah. weren't. But just expect, just know that you're getting the same treatment. Yeah, exactly. And I'm seeing your shoes out of place in my office. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. 
I I couldn't agree with you more on this, and it's kind of triggered me almost a little bit because <laughs> the amount of times that it's like, oh, your shit's here, clean up your stuff here, and you go, okay, the house is a mess, your shit's everywhere, and I go, all right, I'm now going to switch on my fucking pain-in-the-ass goggles. Mm. Where well, it's like, yeah. mo- like, in the sense that, like, I just gloss over everything. Oh, yeah, cool. We've got this here. Like, I don't care. But as soon as my, as soon as it becomes about, like, oh, well, your shoes, similar shoes sort of a vibe, or like, your fucking clothes are here, or like, I'm like, okay, I'm now going to start paying meticulous attention to the shit in this house. And, oh, do we need 50 books stacked up there? Oh, it's for ornamental value. Okay, fuck those books. Get them out of here. Oh, what's all your shit here? Why is it that you... We've got a chest of drawers here in the living room. Or in the bedroom, sorry. There are fucking eight dra- uh, nine drawers here. Zero for Tom. All packed to the brim with your shit. Then in Evie's room, you've got her cupboard as well. Like... And you're coming here because I've got some shoes around, or like the uh, the one that's getting me at the moment, Steph. This is your fault. You asked us to talk about this. The one that's really fucking me off at the moment. I hope you're hearing this, babe. I love you. So he, uh, the baby wipes. You can see them just there, already. They're on the fucking table. Mm. They've got a little plastic lid. Yeah, I, I understand. Sometimes they're left open by me, by Steph, by whoever. And if you leave open a packet of wet wipes, the most the next wet wipe gets dry. Gets dry. But the one underneath it remains wet. Next one, next one, second wipe, good to go. First wipe dry. Yep. If I see a wet wipe packet open, do you know what I do? Mm. Close it. Just close it. Mm. And I never say anything about it. I just close it and I move on with my life. Yeah. Or if I see a fucking. Of course you move on. Of course you move on. You move on. You, you see, move on. You see a lid off something, you know what you do? Put the lid back on. You, you address it and you move on. Steph just loves. Oh, you've got to close the lid because otherwise they dry. Like, hey, 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 hey. Thanks, brah. I know. You know what happened? Something. And it led to me not closing it. You know what you should do? Just close it and shut the fuck up with respect, Steph. But you know what I mean? Yes, like, just close it. I don't need to be told what to do in that situation. Most of the time they're closed. Sometimes they're not. In the times that they are closed, you won't say anything to me because it's closed. Mm. So you don't notice the times I close it. Because you just see a closed packet of wet wipes, baby. But they have been closed. Know that. Know that most know of that, the time. Know that, know that your failures have been rectified. And sometimes all you want is your failures to be rectified as well. I just is want, that what I'm hearing? That's what, that's just, just rectify them and don't tell me about it. If I'm like leaving the car door open, which actually, funnily enough, Steph did the other day, and we went out there at like nine o'clock at night, and the fucking car door was just open on the street. Mm. Then, sure, we got some. Yeah, you know, that's something you need to address if you're doing that consistently. Well, if it's becoming a problem, if, if the car door being left open is becoming a problem, then sure. But if it's just a pack of wet wipes, baby, come on, man, just close that shit. Tell you what else I've got a problem with, and this might speak to an issue more broadly. Mm. If there is an understanding. Right, mm-hmm. that you're cooking tonight and I'm cleaning. Yeah, I shouldn't be in the kitchen cutting. You should be doing nothing. Yes, that's yes. Nothing. Don't you reckon? Hundred percent. If I've picked up, if I've picked up the ingredients and you're cooking, that doesn't mean I come and help cut. Because then I'm because as far as I'm concerned, if you're in the kitchen for as 
and you're helping prepare food for as long as it's taken to cook the meal, you've cooked it. You've cooked it. Now, obviously, I'm not the head chef. I can, I can, I can admit that. Mm-hmm. This wasn't my recipe, nor was I in charge of what happens next. I'm not reading the recipe. I'm not in charge of the recipe. I, I can own that. You're in the credits for the meal. Though. I can own that reality. But if I'm in the kitchen from woe to go, or from go to woe, or whatever the fuck the saying is, I'm on the credit list. You're on the credit list. And it'll say, assistant chef. Yeah, sous chef, they call it. Sous chef, Edward Simpson. Played a job, played a role, did a job. That's what it'll say. Sous chef also unnecessarily did dishes. But then, sous chef has to do all the dishes. Yeah, no, that's horse shit. While chef puts the feet up. Yeah, horse shit. And that's why when I'm in there cooking and then Steph will come in and start fucking getting under my feet, I'm like, get the fuck out and let me cook. But when they cook... Can you help me fucking chop the carrots? Can you come wash the fucking this? It's like, hey, how about no? How about I'm going to do the dishes. This is a fucking democracy or meritocracy or whatever it is, whatever ocracy it is. It's an ocracy of, of some sorts. description. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And this isn't a male female thing. It's just that we happen to be males and they happen to be females. This would go either way. You know what I'm saying? But in this situation. We're talking about our lives. Yeah. Don't make me generalize to be fucking woke. You know, oh, it's fucking anti female. It's not. It's anti relationship minutiae. Yes. It's our minutiae. It's relationship shit. It's our minutiae. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, would it make you feel better to know that? I wash an iron. Yeah. Would that, does, that, does that make you feel better? Yeah. Would it make you... Does that appease you? Would it make you feel better that I'm supposed to mop and vacuum the house every Sunday and I don't because I forget? <laughs> that make you feel better? Because I can talk about things I do wrong. I got some... I'm relatively self-aware. Not completely. I certainly forget that I forget. You know what I mean? I forget that I haven't done it and then she'll bring it up and I'm like, oh, I didn't do that. So not only have I forgot to do it, mm. I forget that I didn't do it. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I get that. But I don't mind a wash. I love a good, I love a good wash. I'm a good cleaner, not a great tidier. You gotta you gotta just know where you sit. Steph is obsessed with cleaning, like the house. Like if I see Ella vacuuming, I uh, you know what I'm thinking? What haven't I done? You're not doing it right. See, this is what happens with dishes. You're not, do, you're not doing it right. Steph. You're not doing it right. Dishes the same. I'm like, oh, you're not doing it right. Steph I love you. Right. You're not doing it right. Her like even her brushing tonka i'm like you need to put a little bit more elbow grease into this he's a big boy yeah that motherfucker molts he sheds hair you gotta fucking work you gotta you gotta get your you gotta put your back into it oh it hurts he it hurts it doesn't hurt him it doesn't hurt he's 50 kilos he's a roddy he's okay he's good to go he'll survive yeah he could swallow your hole he could you back into it he'd kill you if he wanted which he doesn't which is good but he could if he wanted which he doesn't but he could (laughs) if he wanted so brush the motherfucker. So brush the motherfucker with a bit of purpose, yeah. okay? Yeah. Is that too much to ask? No, nah, it's not too much. Shouldn't to be. Ask. It shouldn't be. It it really shouldn't be. So I don't know. I don't know where that leaves us. I think we're probably both in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady retired. Shout out to him. Blake's forty four years old. I read his statement. Mm. Is that the right word? Uh, Doesn't feel like it. Press release? Sure. 
And it was long, mm. really fucking long. I'm like, ooh, this motherfucker's thanking everyone. Mm. Expected him to say something about the Patriots. He didn't. Not one thing. I was like, hmm, I wonder if he'd done a, like if he'd said something when he left the first time. Apparently he'd done something small, but hadn't thanked the fans. I don't know. Whatever. El Presidente, not happy. No, that's Dave Portnoy. Boston. Dave Portnoy, a lot of fucking, lot of Boston, Massachusetts guys blowing up. Mm. I just wanted to get your thoughts. Like, should he have been shouting out the Patriots or is it like, sh- move on with your life? No, you you mention it. You reckon? Yeah, like you just... It's not hard, is it? You're retiring, bro. Like, it's not just about changing clubs. If you were just leaving the Bucks and, you know, going somewhere else and you hadn't made a decision yet, then you just thank the Bucks and you fucking roll on. But you're ending your entire career. Mm. The career has spanned fucking 40 years and you only played two years of the Bucks. So whilst I'm happy for most of it to be about the Bucks, if you really want, Apparently, without me having too much visibility on the NFL, the Bucks are now, like, fucked without Brady. Um, but you thank the Bucks, You thank the Bucks fans. You thank the owners, whatever. I think he fucking is off. Well, he certainly doesn't like... Belichick. Belichick. I did Well, the f- like, the I'd photo he used was him beating, beating the Patriots. But like I'd, never, I'd never heard any issues he had with Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, but he didn't thank him. He didn't mention him. didn't mention Patriots fans or any of that. I yeah, see, like, if you've got an issue with Belichick, fine. If you want to be, like, fuck petty about that, yeah, yeah. that's whatever. Like, sure. But surely you give the fans a nod. Yeah. At the least. At the very least. Don't you think? Yeah. Like, Robert Kraft came out and said nice things. But also, like, and I heard someone say it as well, I was like, Brady's a fucking businessman. At the very least, you think he'd be like, that's probably where my... I mean, he doesn't need money, but I guess just from a business, he doesn't need money, bro. From a business standpoint, you just like you're alienating like a large, the largest section of Brady fans out there. If you ignore them, if you don't mention them, it just seems strange that if you win six Super Bowls somewhere, you wouldn't say something. That's a it, little that, something. Like I don't fucking know anything about the NFL, and I don't really give a shit, right? No. But I still read it being like, I wonder what he says about the Patriots. That's what I was thinking the whole time I was reading it. Yeah. And when I got to the end, I'm like, oh, hang on. He's under Giselle and the family. He had oh, shit. He hasn't said anything. Wow. He and he like was thinking everyone. like five or six different people at the, at the Bucks, like all these randoms. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, it'll be interesting to see because fucking Portnoy went off on him. Yeah, that was funny. He was like, he'll be dead to me. Like, he'll officially be dead to me. When he was like, when he was like, oh, pretend I didn't read that. I was like, that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But, like, may, may, maybe the Bucks are fucked. But you know what? Super Bowls are so hard to win. They'd be like, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's it. Yeah, thanks for coming. Once you get one, you go straight. Yeah. Was that their first ever? Second. No, second. Right, right. I think second. I'm now also, I think I'm pro-Bengals. In the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow? Yeah. Joe Burrow's hilarious. He's like this dorky, like, dweeby guy who's, he's like, sort of... Thinks he's really cool, but it's he's, sort like, of... Well, sort of is kind of cool. Sort of yeah. is sort of cool, though. Do yeah. you know what I mean? No, I do know what you mean. But, like, but he's a big old Magoo, like, sometimes... Well, he's, you, a Madu- he's a Magoo done good. Yeah, but, like, you know, you see white dudes, uh, like, getting too, like, flashy. 
But I like that he's leaning into that. So do I. Because he is a Magoo. He, that's why, but I'm saying that's why I like it, but it is Magoo. In that it's like he's got neck chains and fucking turtlenecks and like smoking cigars and shit. I'm like, is he a dude that thinks he's really cool? Because then it becomes a bit lame. Or is he just sort of a bit of a guy who's like unassuming, but also doesn't mind like, you know, flashy it shit. It seems the latter to me. Mm. It does. He doesn't strike me as like a Johnny Menzel, Johnny football no, type operator. He gets really dish. high on his own supply. Yeah. Doesn't strike me as that sort of guy. No. Good, at least on the face of it, good white quarterbacks seem to have to have a bit of magoo about them. They've got to be specific. They've got to be pretty intense. Like they seem like Big Ben, Magoo. Like Brady, Magoo. Brady is Magoo. That's what people don't realize. Brady, He's actually Magoo. You, you think people don't realise that? Well, Brady's so Magoo. I reckon he gets away with it because he's so hot. People And he's with like a supermodel. Like Magoos don't usually have that. Dude, he's life. Magoo as fuck. I know, but they don't usually get that sort of a life. That's what I'm saying where it's like he's so hot. It's kind of hard to be Magoo when you're that hot. Even though he is. Like he's a model, you know, he's in fucking, fo- like, you know, campaigns. He's only in campaigns because he's Tom Brady. Yeah, dude, I know. He's that. not like, no, but he's classically good looking. Right, but there are. No, I'd say he is classically good looking. He's not, not that good looking. I'm saying. Not, not fucking model. No, he's not. Fashion good looking. He's not independent. You know what I mean? He's not an independent of his success supermodel. Like, he's not just a model regardless, but he is a very attractive NFL footballer and a very good footballer. So I don't think he's very attractive. I think he's attractive. I think he's an eight, eight and a half. I mean, I think he's an eight. What's wrong with an eight, dude? But very attractive is higher than an eight. No, eight is very attractive. You reckon? Yeah, because nine and ten is fucked. <laughs> nine and ten's like get the ceviche out. You know what I mean? Like nine and ten is fucking. Well, hot. ten you never see. You don't see ten because they're perfect, and unless. Have you seen The Fifth Element? Mm, no. One of the great movies of all time. And obviously you can't be a 10 because 10 is perfect. But you, but you know what I mean. in The Fifth Element is meant to be a 10 and she's pretty hot. But I hear you. 10's hard to achieve. I haven't seen a 10, Eddie. I don't think anyone's seen a 10. But like Brad Pitt would be as close to a 10 as you could hope for. Well, like for the point of the argument, he's a 10, right? Right, but he can't Young be. Brad. Young fight. No, but bro. don't get into that. You can't get perfection bullshit. Leave that shit aside. Well, no, I just mean it leaves you no room to move. So if you see someone hotter than Brad, which I know we haven't to date, but if you do see someone hotter than Brad, then where do you go? Well, you go, he's a 10 plus. Right, which is ridiculous. Like we just like, he's a 10 too. He's 110%. But he's a 10 too. He's another 10. He's you, a 10 too. You can have multiple 10s. You can. They'd have to be identical on all fucking, they're just 10 across the board. Yeah. The scale broke. I hear. I Do you know hear. what I mean? No, look, I hear. It's like if you've got a thermometer and it only takes up to 38 degrees. What if there's hotter than 30? So you're saying that there could, there are, there could be people hotter than 10? Yeah. But even if for the, the scale point is only, the thermometer only goes to 10, but you're like, yeah, well, some people break the thermometer. That's what I'm saying. I get you. Do you, you know where I'm coming now from? Now I understand. Exactly. Because otherwise, otherwise you get caught in this weird purgatory of like perfection doesn't exist, and it's just a bit boring. Yeah, and also because perfection does exist, and it, its name is Brad Pitt <laughs> in Troy. Yeah, in Troy or Fight Club. 
Or Troy. Or Troy, but Fight Club as well, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Me bad boy Brad. Well, Fight Club for sure, but Troy as well. But Troy also. And probably some other shit I'm forgetting about. But like, but definitely Fight Club and Troy. Yeah, perfection exists. Um, Justin Langer. Of Zendokai Master fame. Of Just Won the Ashes fame. Of T20 World Cup fame. Although apparently didn't have much to do with that, but you know fame, what I mean. Fame, fame, fame. Yes. Of Western Australia fame, of Opener fame, of uh, Loves a Blow Up fame. Yep. Probably does tantric sex fame. <laughs> of apparently blew the fuck up in a Cricket Australia meeting the other day fame. Of, I wouldn't be surprised by that fame. Because he's <laughs> fucking, seems like he's got it in him fame. Um, supposedly Cricket Australia wanted, like, have done or are getting him to or in the process of getting him to reapply for his job. Yeah, that's one of the most disrespectful things I've ever heard in my life. Um, it seems to me on the face of it that they've had enough of JL. Yeah, they're just trying to performance manage him out. They're trying to micromanage him. Yeah. Just make life as hard as possible so he can fuck off. That's right. But... That is, like, like him or not, I don't really give a fuck. We're winning. I don't care. But if you're trying to ask me to reapply for my job when I just won the Ashes 4-0 and the T20 World Cup, like, just sack me. Or fucking, you know what I mean? Like, What is he going to say that's going to get them over the line? Like, what's the point? Because they had a massive sit-down recently where he had to... Basically tell them he was going to chill out or he was going to get sacked. Because he became one of the biggest days, apparently, in mm. Australian cricket. Like, like, you want to talk about micromanaging, apparently, supposedly, he micromanaged them to within an inch of their lives. They go, JL, it's time to chill the fuck out, bruh. He did so, we started winning, we started dominating. The theory, maybe the theory internally, Tom, if we can work this, walk this out, is that when JL ch- uh, chilled out and wasn't as in heavily involved, we started winning. Is that potentially a nod to the fact that he doesn't need to be that heavily involved? Maybe his time's done. You know, you can't be doing it forever. Potentially. Potentially. Spine doubles advocate over here, bro. No, I get you. I heard someone, I believe it might have been the great Crash Craddock on SEN today or yesterday saying there was a coach Bob Simpson maybe do your own research Bob Simpson may not even be a person who's ever existed I doubt that be the case but Bob Simpson apparently I think was a coach the way the crash actually framed it made me pause and consider my life because he was saying that Bob Simpson might have even been the first full-time Australian coach like I don't know whether there were Australian coaches before the maybe the 90s or some shit. And he was saying like Warney and all these guys came through with him. And he was saying that if you had asked those players while he was the coach what he was like as a coach, they would have said he was a fuckwit. But upon reflection after their careers, they might actually be like, oh, he was actually really good for my career because he kept me honest, he told me hard truths, he did this and did that. And whether JL being a man not afraid to, you know, give it to him straight, could in the long run actually be a good option as a coach as opposed to just going, oh, we don't fucking like him. Yeah, that makes sense. Bob Simpson was a player. He played 62 tests. Sorry, Bob. He averaged 46 runs. That's fucking very good. I apologise. When did he play, though? 
in my defense. Um, he played... He debuted in 1957. Right. He's capped 209. I was not around then. No, look, 10 hundreds, 27 fifties, 60 hundreds, 60 100s, 150s in first class, averages 50. He averaged 56.22 in first class cricket. So the the boy could bat. Yeah. He was appointed coach in 1986, a position he held until being replaced by Jeff Marsh in July 1996. That's 10 fucking years. But is that, do we have coaches before him? It doesn't actually say. Because that was all I was trying to work out when Crash was like, I was like, is this, was he the first Australian coach? When he took over as coach of an Australian time, which was young, demoralised and regarded as soft, there was a considerable turnover of players due to constant failure in the past 18 months that had seen the likes of Steve Ward, David Boone, Dean Jones, Craig McDermott and Jeff Marsh all make their debuts under Captain Alan Border. I don't know if he was necessarily the first. I sort of thought the first, or I had in my head that one of the first was um, the coach of Warney's side, and they hated him. That was who I thought they were talking about. Nah. Because they were mentioned. I think it is because... No, 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 no. That was um, John... Oh, John Buchanan. John Buchanan. Oh, no, no. He wasn't the fucking first coach. He was just... But he, they, he's always talked about as, as they're like, we didn't fucking need a coach, bro. No, we but didn't that need was because their team was so fucking elite. It was like one of the greatest teams of all time, and it was like, yeah, dude. But I'm saying maybe they bought the coach in and then fucked the coach off. Was there like a period of non-coaching? Well, no. So that was, This is all vibe here. Yeah, well, like if gentlemen. Jeff Marsh takes over in 96, Bob Simpson from 87 to 96, Jeff Marsh from 96 to whenever, uh, there's probably one or two in between Marsh and Johnny Buke, I would assume. I'll just get it up. Australian men's cricket coaches. coaches. This will help. I bet it fucking will. Bob Simpson was first. There you go. So before then, there was only it would be a captain coach situation. So it was Bob Simpson, Jeff Marsh, John Buchanan. There you go. Tim Nilsson, Mickey Arthur. Yeah. Dude, we haven't had that many. No, we haven't. Mickey wasn't that long ago. Well, Mickey got fucking flicked real quick. Then both them JL. We've had seven. Seven coaches. I think Tim Nielsen coached at Scots, funnily enough. So Bob Simpson won the 1987 World Cup. He regained the Ashes in 89, 90, 91, 93, 94, 95. And was established Australia as the number one ranked test team. So obviously off the back of that, they were pretty hungry for it. Well, John was, Buchanan. Was, they, they did not like John Buchanan. No, but he was or At least Warney for, didn't. They fucking despised him. He was around for a minute though, wasn't he? He was around for eight years. That's pretty fucking... That's in the coaching game. That's long. What is there anything in there about like what the impetus was to move from the captain coach to a coach? Like, Why do we start getting coaches in the 80s? Just because we sucked? You know what I mean? Like, Was it because we had a team of softcocks and it was like, all right, we need to bring someone in? See, all it says is prior to 1986, Australia did not select coaches as long-term appointments. Managers were appointed to handle the logistics of overseas tours and the assistant manager often doubled as the coach for the duration of the trip. Sometimes the team captain filled the Australian coaching role, particularly for home matches. Reading what we read before about Bob, I think that the nation was in a bad place. We were regarded as soft. Yeah. We had fuck all ticker and yeah. someone needed to... Step in. Step in and... But it's interesting because, like, the way he came in... Obviously, in a time of need, even when John Buchanan was like around, like up until that point, I remember the conversation was always like, 
the coach does what he's told to a degree in terms of like the captain selects a player, like selects the side and all that sort of shit. But then slowly over time, it's become more like other sports where the coach has way more power. And I'm just trying to remember whether was that when did that happen? Because I feel like Pup was Pup was almost like the last captain I remember who was like fucking the head honcho as a captain. And then when Smudge well they came took in, away they took away a captain's say on the side. Mm. So the captain's not a selector anymore. When that went, that's when the power diminished pretty hectically. Yeah, right. I can't recall if if Pup lost it or if it was Smudge or if it, no or if it was Ricky. No fucking way they would do that to Ricky. Ricky, surely. Ricky would be like, uh, you can suck my hairy old balls. If I could speak for Ricky, that's how I imagine he'd respond to such a disrespectful um, request. I don't know how I would look this up. I don't either. I know they're consulted, but they're not actually selectors anymore. Yes, Pat still gets consulted. So this was from 18th of October, 2021. The current selection panel is... Tony Dottomade? Yep, I mean, it'll do. Sure. Uh, He joined George Bailey and Justin Langer on the national selection panel. And Pat's not... So that's it. There's three of them. They must consult Pat, though, right? Well, they'd get his thoughts and feelings, hopes and dreams. You'd fucking hope so. You'd fucking hope so. But he's not a selector. Listen, with JL, I I mean, look, if the players don't like him, the players don't like him. Like, what are you gonna do? But to that point that But I the other saying, thing the other thing is, right, if you're whoever's running this fucking situation, Cricket Australia, we'll just say generally, they you would think have sat the players down, ones on the contracts, ones that are on the fringes state cricket people that get calls up from time to time and go on, what's the go? What's the vibe? Are you happy? Mm. You'd have to. You're doing your job right. They've definitely done that. Now, if they turn around and go, we love JL. This ain't happening. You wouldn't think, right? There's no... No, it's... it's, I think it's relatively common knowledge. Dude, Pat Cummins, like, before the summer or mid-summer was like... But they were asking about JL. Like, you could very easily go, we love JL, don't want to go anywhere. Like, you can squash that easily. Like, what's this fucking chat about JL going? But he was like, listen, we won't, let's just get through the summer and we'll talk about JL's future afterwards. You're like, Jesus Christ, bro. Like, that's basically saying, fuck that guy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's 100%. It's like, fuck that guy. Fuck JL. I don't know where they go. Who Who next? Because he was he was touted for so long. Yeah, they were saying Mark Mark War, who I believe may have been in one of the sort of selectors when he was. He was. He was. When Jay was brought in. Was said that he was never meant to be a long term coach. He was meant to be a fucking stopgap for the shit show. Yeah, I heard that. Um, Much like Tim Payne, as it turned out. Yep. Andrew McDonald of Cutler Tests fame. 
maybe one. Redhead? Redhead. Yes. Victorian coach, yeah. I believe. Yep, I know. He's the next man in line. But they're also talking about splitting up the ca- the coaching roles. Test, ODI, T20. Because then they're saying like, and I can't remember where I heard this, probably if I'm being honest, TGC, great cricketer, the place I go for cricket. But that if you were to split the coaching roles, you then have access to someone like Ricky Ponting who doesn't have the need because he's worth fucking, if you believe Wikipedia, 50 million. Doesn't have the <coughs> need nor the want because he's a fucking got a young family to go and be a full-time coach where like if you look at the, the schedule for a full-time coach, because if you're Justin Langer, you're actually working harder than any fucking player unless you're a three-format player because you are just constantly... On tour. The time you get off is minuscule. Mate, so they're on tour the entire, the entire time. Year. But so if you break it up and it was like, let's say Ricky just does test cricket. It's like now you have Ricky Ponting, the mind of Ricky Ponting, shaping and molding our test cricket side. And that's all he needs to focus on. That's all he needs to plan for. That's all he needs to think Could about. Could you imagine if Ricky was the test captain, the test coach? Yeah. It'd be sick. How many tests a year do they play? They've got like maybe, maybe three tours? Yeah. Mate, wouldn't be. I don't think it'd be more than that. Well, there's a home series, and then maybe there's two away. There's probably three years. So let's say fifteen. Or no, not even no, five, no, no, no. It wouldn't be. It'd be ten. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say ten. Ten tests a year, max. You have Ricky Ponting. Like even you saw that thing with Ricky Ponting about how he helped Cam Baggy Green's fucking batting, just from like the Channel Seven commentary, and then it got back to Cam, mm. and then yep. he just his scores turned around like that. Yeah. Imagine having fucking Ricky in there coaching the test side. Like, I don't know. It just seems like a no-brainer. Mate, it seems like an absolute no-brainer. Like, the busiest year is when we play England in their summer and then we come back for our own summer. Then maybe it's 15 tests. But otherwise, not that demanding. No, but I guess the thing that might be a problem is when you think about, you know, do you then start having, like, warring factions? You're the ODI coach, so you only give a fuck about one days, and then you're the test coach. You only give a fuck about test cricket. Like, having some... You don't want the the teams fighting against each other. Well, I think you would get a bit of that, obviously, but it had come down to having clear guidelines, guidelines around what takes precedent. Now, if it's a World Cup year, 50 over probably gets a bit more of a look in. Yeah. If otherwise, it's otherwise it's test cricket yeah, and stiff shit. Is yeah, that the fuck. worst thing for test cricket? No, it's not. No. It's good for test cricket. It's great for test cricket. I can respect that. Anyway, who the fuck knows? Cricket uh, done, though. Summer done. Summer done. Cricket done. Summer done. I always we think go about to pa- that, Well, we go to Pakistan and then it's back on. That's cool. But I'm like, I always think about it whenever the first day, basically, the first innings of the first test, I go, like, this actually doesn't last that long. You think about the rugby league season, you get 26 glorious rounds plus finals footy. The tests are just, it's over so quickly. It just goes so quick. And then you get like, what the fuck happened? And I'm sad for it, Eddie. Well, you get you get seven full months of rugby league. Mm. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, seven. You don't even get 25 days of test cricket. In test cricket, we this year we got uh, December, January. That's it. But even just days of test cricket. Uh, Gabba over in three, was it? I think it was. Then Adelaide yeah. over, I think, in five. Did it go down to the last day in Adelaide? Yeah. So we're in eight. 
from a possible 10. MCG over in two and a half. Yep. So I'm just going to say two. Sydney. I'll give it a half, so we're at 10 and Sydney a half. Sydney was five, but it was lost in time for rain. So we go 11 and a half. And then Tassie was over in three. So 12. 14. 14 and a half. So that's 10 days. Call it two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. It's tough. It's really tough. It's really tough. I don't think anyone's pretending like it isn't tough. No, I know they're not. But I mean, sometimes when you shine a light on the cold light of day, the toughness really does. I have no idea what's happening in the Big Bash. Is it still going? No, it's finished. It's done. It's done. Who won? Scorches. (laughs) I'm glad you have no idea because it's not on. It's literally done. Scorches won against the Sixers who are going for a three-peat. Now, did I watch it, Eddie? Absolutely not. Did I know what was going on? No. Did I know after the When was the final? I Last week or something. Someday last week. Do you, this was something we missed. They didn't let Smith compete, Steve Smith. No. But they let all the other fucking test players play because you needed to be signed to a franchise before you did it, before like a certain point. And uh, there were a few test players who were like, well, I'm obviously going to be playing Test Cricket, then I'm going to be playing the one-dayers, so I'm not going to sign up to a Big Bash franchise because I'm not going to play because we've got the one-dayers. One-dayers then cancelled because New Zealand are fucking cucks. And so Smith now available. He's like, oh, well, let me play for the Sixers. He's like, nah. He's like, this competition needs big dick swingers. Why the fuck wouldn't we let him in? I know we're late to the party here with this news punish dribbles, but, like, fuck's sake. Yeah, we're late, but it doesn't make any sense then, no. and it doesn't make sense now. No. Crazy. Criminal shit. decision. Shooting Criminal. yourself in the foot. I would have known the finals on if you played. Exactly. Put it that way. Yeah. So you've robbed yourself a fan. Yeah, you've robbed yourself of an influential fan. Eddie. That's right. Not just any old no, fan. No, no, no. Not like, like a, really, a, a really good Ridgy Didge fan that fucking calls the room. That's it. Calls the room. Um, but, Eddie, I don't know, like, personally, right? Personally. I don't know if I've got any more to give. No, we're done. I think we're done. No, we're, like, oh, if you weren't going to say it, I was about to. No, look, I was feeling it, but I also, probably Ella as well, I'd say that me and Ella would be the best in the world at picking up your cues. And I could see my feelings were echoed in your cues. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm already feeling it. I'm now picking up his cues. I think it's time we wrapped this fucker up. <laughs> Bye-bye. Could you two just not talk anymore? <laughs>